In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. We salute you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our goal today is to call you into the arena of manhood, to call you out of the faceless, nameless crowd of male-dominated bleachers who nobody knows your name, and to call you up to the absolute best version of you, because when a man gets it, Everyone. Wins. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with the mix master, the DJ, DJ Jazzy, Doctor Pat George. How you doing, Doc? The PhD. The PhD of sound. Of sound. Real quick, I met a guy yesterday, and he he introduced me to his daughter, who is a professor in Pennsylvania. And I said, "Go Steelers!" Yeah, I said, "Do you have your FUD?" And she looked at me and she goes, uh, I don't even PhD? know. PhD. PhD. Yeah, oh. she'd never heard FUD before. I'd never so. heard that either. I hadn't either. So, really? Because people who have talk. it don't, don't okay. care. Okay, so I'm the, I'm the FUD. Yeah. You're not a P- oh, you're no, the the PhD. You're the PhD, but not an actual PhD. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Because anyway, with a, a chiropractic, what is that? A doctor? That's it's DC. Doc- DC. That's DC. DC. Yeah. So, and I'm also here on my left with our producer co host and the backbone of the MCP, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Wow, Pat applauded you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I want to hear the crowd roar. Well, the crowd, the way you do it, it's roar like a lion. Crowds don't roar like that, clearly. 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 Oh, the oh. Anyway. Oregon State. <laughs> How about that? Do you have a man word for me today? I do. Oh, I got to guess it. So based on our guest. Our guest website. I am two for two. The last two episodes. I just found the word on his website. I have just nailed it. Okay. So if you found the word on his website, that you should not have given me the hint because I wrote down their vision. And so I'm nope. going to go with the word freedom. Well, that's good. Freedom? Oh, oh, oh hold on. If that's not it, how about 
precious. Mm, that's oh, that's okay. two guesses. That man word, I would not use the man word precious. I know. I, 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 well, if you are a Lord of the Rings fan, you would. <laughs> yeah. You're precious. So, yeah. yeah. Shanna goes around going, my precious. My precious. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that was good. Yeah, thank you. Oh, and scary and <laughs> demonic. Okay. No, it's, uh, the word is act. Act? <laughs> yeah. Act, act now is on their website. Ooh. And so I was like, act. A man acts. It's time to move is when it says act now. You click, you get up and move, and and I live for that in my life. I like it when uh, my wife says, "Act," you know, when we have plans to do whatever, and uh, she says she releases me. Oh, I love it! And it's time to get in the game and uh, get going. That's what I don't understand about men today, is they live it. There's this gap between what they think and believe and what they do. There's a gap. There's a huge Grand Canyon chasm. And I understand why a man can think this way, but it doesn't cause him to act this way. There's a gap in there. They're like, what, what, what does it take to fill in the passion so that man acts? What does it take for a man to get out of the bleachers? Now, I know this. I know this. My son, my middle son, Darby, was playing a football game several years ago, and I was the head coach of their freshman team. So now these kids are seniors. They're playing a team that we lost an undefeated season. We lost this team on the last play of the game. And our varsity kids are getting crushed. Like it was 63 to 0 was the final score. I literally got up out of the stands and walked down on the bleacher, got in my, you looked at my son, I said, Darby, don't be afraid of these guys. And I thought, what causes a dad to do that? I don't ever do that. But what mm-hmm. caused that? Passion. Mm-hmm. Passion. It's, yeah. And we live in a vanilla world. We live in a world where men have no passion. Mm-hmm. And so maybe men need to be broken to experience passion. Maybe men need to, I don't know, but the, 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 the men, that we're trying to get out of the bleachers into the game, there's something has to happen for that man. And if you're a guy right now listening to this and you're driving to work and you're not involved in any great cause or you're not involved in acting on behalf of what you say you believe, man, you've got a problem. You've got a gap between what you believe and what you do. Right? And so faith without works is dead. dead. So get, wake up, guy, and get in the game. Hey, I think of all the children that don't have parents and it jacks you up you get mad because there's not homes for kids mm-hmm. yeah kids yeah. are turning out like yeah. not very yeah. good people and you're it just tears you up open your house up no you don't have to have a lot of money do something yeah yeah invest Dude, seriously good stuff good word men act uh, steven mansfield a former guest on our show said act man it's the way of men mm-hmm. men act males are passive mm-hmm. so. well guys get comfortable in what they're doing and sometimes it takes a crisis to get them to act and I'll be honest with you, I hope this podcast creates a crisis. It's got it. I want yeah. to call men out and say, mm-hmm. hey, get stop petting your kitty cat, mm-hmm. put down your remote control, and get in the game. Yeah. I mean, have a cause. It's just, yeah. it's embarrassing, and it's pathetic, yep. and yep. you may have the biological makings that say you're a man, but you're nothing more than a neutered male, yeah. and you need to get in the game. Yeah. And that's not guilt or shame. It's just trying to wake up something that is dead. And yeah. this is, people don't get that. Sometimes they say, well, Ramos, you're... You know, a little bit harsh sometimes. Well, no, I'm speaking to dead people, mm-hmm. and I want them to be alive. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to speak something to snap them into existence. And so maybe I'm that's, wrong, but no, that's good, maybe man. I'm wrong. That's anyway, good. hey, I'm I'm really excited about this Facebook forum for men. I've been really struggling in my journey. I've been a Bible reader all my life. The Field Guide, our bathroom book, was written off of a, uh, my daily devotions in the morning. 
And so I posted on the Facebook forum, hey, guys, give me some Bible study ideas. And it was just awesome to watch, you know, 30 guys respond. That is the greatest forum for man, manhood. It's just the greatest free thing out there. So, guys, if you're not a part of the Men in the Arena Facebook uh, group, get on there. Whenever you add 100 guys, we will be, send you uh, my man card book. We'll do some cool stuff. We'll send you some swag because we just think it's really important. So, hey, I'm, I am really fired up, guys, today. We've got a great uh, guest on the show and I hope I pronounce his name right, Kenny Sacked. Close? Hey, help me out, Kenny. Your wife, does she just go by D-A or is it Da? It's D-A. Okay, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to blow that one either. So. Just like district attorney, and we've heard oh, that a hundred times. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I bet you say that when you want to sleep on the couch, right? <laughs> ask the D-A. Oh, man, ask the D-A. Designated ad- advisor no that's not even that's not even a thing so hey my friend kenny is uh, 60 years old he is the founder of wipe every tear founded that organization in 2008 but in 2012 they went all in to focus on um rescuing young ladies from the sex trade uh he has accomplishments he's the most proud of he's still married and in love with his bride da after what 37 years is that what it was 37 years. This is interesting, Pat. You'll relate to this because you've got daughters. He has six children. Mm. Five of them are girls. Mm. Seven grandchildren. Six of them are girls. Oh, my. So they are a girl-producing uh, La Familia. Estrogen so Ocean. His passion, <laughs> his passion and mission in life, and I'm going to just read what he wrote. He said, I really get jacked when I experience a girl being rescued from a bar and coming into our care. Seeing her come from extreme poverty to watching her walk across the stage with a college diploma and a new future really gets my go-juice going. This guy is a hero to many, and uh, it's exciting to have him on the show. And it is my new friend out of Boise, Idaho, Kenny Sacked. How you doing, my friend? Go Broncos! Ah, yeah, I'll let you slip that one in. That's okay. We had a we had JT McGraw, and it was all about Memphis basketball, right? Uh, Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> wasn't it? Was it Kentucky? No, it was UK. Yep, you're right. Yeah, UK. Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're excited to have you on there. So how how are the Broncos doing in football? How they do last year? They did really good. Won a good bowl game, and uh, I'm not I'm a fan, but I'm not I'm not a fanatic. You know, I love my Broncos. I love the Blue Field, and it's right here, just down the road from where I live. And uh, it's fun to be in that little place where the little team that could, you know, and, totally. You know, you've heard, you know, the Oklahoma game, the Fiesta Bowl, and we've won three of those, and it's just fun, man. I love football. It's so good. You know, uh, so my I told you earlier, my wife's grandmother was mayor of Eagle, Idaho in the 80s. So we traveled up there to have a lot of vacations, and I had one of the coolest fly fishing experiences in the Boise River right by the bridge there. The hatch went crazy, the boom, boom, boom limit. I released them all, but had a great limit of little rainbows, great experience. Had my best duck shoot ever out of King Hill, Idaho, just on the east side of Boise. Man, we like Boise a lot, so I've got some good friends over there right now. And um, it's glad, good to have you on the, the phone today and uh, or the iPad or whatever we're doing. Hey, I'm going to throw you into the Sharks right now, man. We're going to go right into our rapid fire round. So are you ready for this, man? Yeah, I'm ready. And I want to say thanks for the invite, Jim, and, and your crew there. It's it's really an honor and uh, to be with you guys, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, I am. You know, and I was telling you earlier, we actually, my wife has a, my heart and passion is to fix and equip men, but my wife's passion is the uh, 
uh, to uh, rescue young ladies. And so I would not be surprised if she's in the Philippines with you one of these days. But we actually financially yeah. support your uh, ministry. We really believe in what you're doing. And uh, every month uh, it is the first of two checks that I write as part of our giving. One goes to uh, – well, anyway – but that's the way it is. So we really believe in what you're doing, Thank man. You, man. Yep, we that, really believe in what you're doing. In fact, we just that raised up. the world, man. Without you, yeah. uh, girls are not set free. Thank you so much. Well, we're man. all about it, man. So, hey, I'm going to throw you into what I call the stoic round. So the stoic round, when I read your uh, website bio, your first picture was so serious. And I thought, okay, this guy's got that stoic look. So I know you're a man of deep passion. So I'm going to ask you uh, five questions uh, called our stoic round. So let's see if you can hit this in the park, brother. First question, right now, what's on your heart? Jesus. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I just, kingdom, king. When I say Jesus, not the religious Jesus, I'm talking about just kingdom, just kingdom. <laughs> not the NRA Jesus, not not conservative Jesus, no, not liberal not, Jesus. Not the, not king. the Fox News Jesus. <laughs> Which I, Jesus? Yeah, Fox about, News Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, the man, the man Christ Jesus and his goodness and yeah, and, and all that that entails. Yeah, really. Well, that's what you, you and I, so when it comes to Jesus, I see Jesus, you know, not Ricky Bobby on Talladega Nights, Jesus, but or baby Jesus, golden Jesus, but I see Jesus as a man's man, a man who rescues and protects and guards, a man who speaks life. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I look at it the same way. I, I, you know, I think sometimes we sing songs about this Jesus. I'm like, wow, that's. That's kind of a different Jesus than I'm I, I'm relating to here, so I, I really appreciate that, man. So next question, okay, and you can't say Jesus on this one, I'm, no, because because I know that you might want to say Jesus. I want you to come up with a human here. What? Who is your greatest hero and why? Oh gosh, it's like what's my favorite color? I don't know <laughs> if I have a favorite color. You know, I, although I look at my wardrobe, it must be blue. You know. Uh, <laughs> That's what my wife tells me, right? You wear blue, blue, blue. Uh, my fi- Gosh, there's so many men. Uh, you know, uh, one guy just comes to mind, a guy named George Mueller back in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a guy who, who, just, who just fed kids and had no way to do it, but fed 5,000 orphans, you know? And there's so many that follow him, but just, just those people that said yes. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so many. There's, I have so many heroes that just said yes. Mm. To, to doing something just said yes and, so what was the book about his life i cannot remember the book i read it where he uh, i he don't would... i don't know i don't know there's a number of books written about him but uh you know he was in scotland and uh what was book? He, just, he just wanted he just wanted to feed kids you know so he so he took care of orphans and he had no money to do it and the money just, just poured in and you know he, he found out that god was god and that god provided for these kids it was it's an amazing story i have a book in my library and it's his life story it's his it's his testimony it's a book and it is absolutely unbelievable dale's going to look for it but uh he would just yeah he would have no money and the next day he'd have more than he would need to do what he needed yes. to do it was pretty amazing i want to say god smuggler but it wasn't that um what's that one on the I don't know. Autobiography of George Bill. Anyway, well, okay, so how about this one, Kenny? Uh, I, I know you're a man of quotes. Do you got a quote that stands out in your mind right now? Mm. I'll define religion for you. It's a form without power. Whoa. Now, you have to kind of think through it a little bit. A form without power. I mean, a form, action, duties, what you do, 
but it's totally void of any power. Uh, that's just the first thing. It's not necessarily a quote. It's more of a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, that's really what's on my heart right now. Because you know, I uh, I don't like religion. I, I I just really can't stand religion. And so our our religion, the way it looks today, it's we have this form. We go through this duties. We meet. We do this. We do that. We're part of this group, and we attend, and we do all these things. But it's 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 minus power there's there's no power anymore and you know we read in the book there's this great power but we just go to these meetings and do our thing or we so say the power that, doesn't exist for today um, yeah exactly so, yeah, so you're, you're, you're gonna love this because a guy that okay. i think that was pretty important in our formative years a guy named john wimber founded the vineyard christian fellowship movement he said this 60 percent of what we do in churches is not found in the bible <laughs> Is that what you're talking yeah, about? <laughs> you know, that, that, I'll tell you. There's that's another man I look up. I look look up to John Wimber, very very important in my life. You know, I uh, I you know, back in the day when he was alive, you know, I went down there, never met him face to face, but I know guys that were next to him very very closely, and the man changed my life. Yeah, that's really cool, man. So I, I knew you'd appreciate that little quote. Wow, that's good. So, yeah, so you got me curious. I want you to define a word for me. This is not a part of a rapid fire round, but so when you say religion is formed without power, define the word power. Mm-hmm. I think our listeners okay. want to know that. Yeah, okay, right. So what's that look like? Uh, you know, uh, does it look like painting a building? No. Does it look like handing out food? No, that's not. I mean, it's nice. It's good. I'm talking about things that we read about in the Bible that very few people want to even talk about or, or think that it's for today. I'm talking about when someone breaks their arm and you you literally pray for their arm and it goes whoop and they go to the doctor and they go and they come back and they go my my arm was healed. It was broken and now it's together. I'm talking about when someone's out high on drugs and you pray for them and they go whoop and they're totally out of influence of drugs. I mean, like that. I'm talking about when recently praying for a person in the slums of Manila who was totally blind. And as we prayed for her, the, the two Filipino women around her were, in, were exclaiming like, I go, what's happening? What's happening? She's seeing. She's seeing. She can see you. They held up these colors. What color is this? Red. What color is this? Blue. Wow. wow. That's, That's the awesome. power that I want that we see in the scriptures. And, we say, and, and in fact, Jesus said, you'll do these things. He even said, you'll do greater things. I'm not going to explain it away and give a theology for greater things are, well, there's more people now. You yeah. say, you multiply that, it's greater. I'm talking about that we're gonna, our lives are going to look like his, his and that early, the early guys. Well, and power is a high school volleyball coach being ruined by the the uh, the violation of young girls in a country thousands of miles away who creates an international movement from scratch. That's power, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Basketball coach, by the way. Oh, you said, okay. you got me screwed up because you said you're at a volleyball camp in the Philippines. Uh, Well, because I I took the little story to I'm a basketball coach, but I'm a father of daughters. So I'm oh. going to get my volleyball coach there, and I'm going to lead this thing and get our girls. I to the apologize. Philippines. So were you a high school boys basketball or girls basketball? Both. 
I, I, my, but my, my last stint though was, guess what? Girls. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So next question, if you could travel back 40 years in time and give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would you tell that guy? Um, here goes. I said it earlier, but not like this. I would say, uh, develop, develop and desire a culture of revival and with a yes behind it. Hmm. Hmm. Develop a culture. Well, doesn't that revival just come? No, it doesn't. You have to pursue revival. You have to pursue these things. Like, for example, the woman would have not, uh, the blind woman would have not seen we prayed for ears recently. They began to hear. They were deaf and mute. They began to speak. Well, unless I do that, unless there's a yes inside of me. You know, by the way, it's a lot of risk. What happens if they don't start talking? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm willing to take risk and look like a fool. So uh, I would say develop a culture of revival and pursue it. And then just have a big yes in your heart. Well, you know what? I've been on a personal journey. Uh, you'd be appreciate this. I shot a the biggest elk of my life with a bow last September, Pope and Young Bull. But the day before the elk hunt, I had this massive epiphany with God, and I've kind of backslidden. I'm, I'm finding my way back to it. But basically, I realized that I had to repent of pride and to embrace humility. And so I would say pride says, no, I'm not going to walk across that coffee shop and pray with that different-looking person. Humility says yes. So what you're saying is, you would go back and tell your 20-year-old self, say yes to humility and no to pride. Is that essentially what you're saying? I, I would, yeah, yeah. Because it takes it, humility to be possibly rejected or seen as a failure, especially yeah. as a man, right? Yes, exactly. Because, you know, us men, we want to be, we want to be big and powerful and all this stuff, and we don't want to look wimpy. I'm telling you that oh, all the stuff that may perceive to be wimpy are, are really not wimpy things. You know, holding a child in your arms that's dying of AIDS, that's not, that's not being a wimpy person. Feeding someone who's really hungry or, or sharing, sharing a future with a girl in a bar. And as she starts to cry and says, this is impossible. This is too good to be true. Let me tell you, as I'm sitting there crying, holding her hand with a feminine side of me, at, but a man, pardon me, a man coming to rescue the damsel in distress. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, 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 Jim. So, so let's go back to power, and let's go back to your 20-year-old self. So we live in a world, I'm a big guy, I played college football, blah, blah, blah. So I battle between the big, strong guy being powerful, because I am powerful physically, Right. I mean, it's just the weight room yesterday, and the guy's like, dude, how, you, how much can you, you know, you do that well? I'm like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's just, but being powerful physically versus powerful practically Amen. or spiritually. So, yeah. And I think a lot of times we as men, right, we fall short because we define power as physical power. And that really, all that is, is form, right? That's form. That is an ex- exhibition of our maleness where power is a function, is a function. So it's function, power, form, physical. And to move into that realm of power, we have to put away with the image and embrace the function of power, right? Which comes through risk and humility and yes. 
yeah. God's calling, right? Isn't that interesting how we as men will we define manhood as this form of manhood, right? But really the really God defines it as function. It's a function. Yes. It's are you yes. walking in power? Are you walking in your best version? Are you walking in humility and surrender? Man, this is really fun preaching to myself. I'm really growing from this right now. <laughs> I'm be, I'm convicting my own self right now. <laughs> Me too. Me too, man. What do you have to say about that form versus function and what you're seeing out there? Because you deal with a lot of men who you called it the sex tourist destination. These guys that are, I'm manly. I'm going to go to Philippines and find some 14-year-old girl and have sex with her. So this is a form i i'm gonna look this man but that is the opposite of manhood right yes absolutely but you guys come in and you you come in and you say well you this this form of manhood is actually evil incarnate and we're gonna function as men or whoever your team is and we're gonna rescue so what what are what are that's power versus physical form versus function what do you have anything to say to that or add to that kenny you know, this thing that comes to my mind is that a lot of men think a lot of men have such a low self-esteem because mm. because of those things. You know, they they've got a low self-image. They 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 feel like wimps. They act they act all all that you know whatever the, all that means. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And inside they're hurting. Uh, they'll never shed a tear. And uh, it's time for men to become men. And it's okay to cry. Yep. It's okay. It's okay for a man who, by the way, we have we we have the left and the right, and and the middle man is in the middle, right? The median. There's some that are more effeminate. There's some that are very that are playing the NFL. Well, just because you're on the other side where you're more effeminate, you're still a man. You you can still be a man and have effeminate characteristics. You can love theater. You can love ballet. You can do this, or you can love hunting. You know, I'm a hunting and fishing guy, right? Uh, I, I love that, but I also have this part of it. I have an effeminate part of me that just loves girly things, you know. You have all, you all... have to. You've got like a gazillion girls in your family. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> well, so, we have a granddaughter just... now, so I'm this little two year old granddaughter. So I'm learning how to speak girl. You know what I mean? Where I yeah, never. <laughs> and I've had to do that most of my life now. You know, I mean, I had to try to. I had. I still can't do a ponytail. I I don't know how they. Oh, do it. bro! I, I did my first ponytail two months ago. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's the way to do it. Want to, let me tell you right now. I've, I've tried. You get a blow dryer. Blow dryer. <laughs> you No, a, va- a shop vac. You vacuum all the hair. You put a rubber band over the shop vac oh, yeah. nozzle. I've seen that. Yeah. And you yeah. vacuum all the hair and just push that rubber band right over the head. Perfect. Now the hair's I, dirty. I don't know how the, the girls can do it. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to a statement you had because you're saying some real powerful things here, man. You said men are hurting and they never shed a tear. Now, the older I get, I was in Starbucks talking to the barista, and she was saying, how are you doing? My, wife's on, my wife works for Alaska Airlines, a flight attendant, so I don't see my wife now four days on, and it's really been hard for me. And so I said, man, it's really hard. I said, you know, I'm more sensitive than I've ever been. We, you know, we watch Hallmark movies together. I never did that before, which I, I feel weird saying that here. Yeah. But as I get older, I there's a sensitive part that's come out as you age. <laughs> as men age, we can either become more hardened or we can become more sensitive. I, I don't. I think you only have two paths in life. Now, for you made a comment. You said men are hurting and never shed a tear. So, based off of that premise, Kenny, is it safe to say 
that we have a world of hurting men is it, and you're a big fan of freedom right so a hurting man is a man who's enslaved he's in bondage to that pain would you yeah. say that hurting we live in a world of hurting men the and hurting men hurt people is that a true statement hurting men hurt people or is that explain your thoughts on that statement can be it can be simply because you're not being you you're you're hiding stuff and so when you're not you it just it just doesn't work right so you tend to hide things you hide things from your wife your girlfriend your 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 mom or your your sister or or workmates or whatever it is but you you're not being real so therefore you what comes out of you is not real you know and and we see that often we say they're so fake why don't they just be real mm-hmm. i'm telling it to guys all the time i'm you know i'm not in a bad way but i'm saying it's okay to cry, guys. You know what? You know what, Jim? I, I, years ago, I started asking God. I said, just out of the blue, one day, I said, God, would you break my heart with the things that break yours? And that's been a prayer of mine for decades now. And let me tell you, as I did that, I began to have more of his heart. I mean, God, Jesus is the, I mean, he, he'd be elk hunting with me, man. I know he'd be conquering the mountains with me. I know he'd be backpacking. And I know he'd be sensitive as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he'd, 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 he just relates to all that. So I just say, guys, just be real. It's okay to be real. It's okay to do that. And in, in your weakness, you're made strong anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy kingdom. Kingdom is so crazy. You got to be little to be tall. You got to, you, I was, you know, and you, you got to be first to be last. You got to be last to be first. It doesn't make any sense, but it makes all sense in the, it really, kingdom is so upside down. It's a paradox. Down. You got to die to live. You got to give to get. You know, our world says, go get, 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 get. And, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. If yeah. we're going to find manhood as having the most stuff, then Jesus wasn't a man because he had no place to live and he was supported by a bunch of women yeah. and other people. So we can't define manhood as stuff. Therefore, we're forced to define manhood if we're going to look at Jesus and say manhood is actually defined by how much you give away. Wealth is about giving, not getting. Think about how rich you are, Kenny. And it's it's not from basketball. It's not from championships. It's from holding a 14-year-old who's got a diploma now because of you and what God did for you. That's where the wealth comes. Am I right or wrong? Yes, yes. So. And the joy, I'm telling you. I won a state. I, I won a state championship, or no? Actually, we played a state championship. We lost in Oregon. I, I went to Milwaukee High School. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We lost a sunset. Oh, we were undefeated, man. It, another story. But you know, I've you know, I've shot an I've shot an elk with a, and harvested an elk with a bow. You know, I've I've climbed mountains. I've done all that. It's. But let me tell you, there, the and those are good. They're great. You know, I, I was at the Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma State when, or Oklahoma when we beat him. You know, what a it was game. really good. The Brant Statue really of Liberty, good. baby. Yeah, I was there, man. Hermiston I was on boy. the forty-five yard line, eighth row. Man, I was right there. All that to say is that those things are really good. They're not bad. They're really good. I do them all the time. But let me tell you, when you do things that last forever, I mean, when you tell, when you see that girl walk, she came from extreme poverty got tricked into the sex trade, no way out, and now she has a future. And when she becomes a worshiper of Jesus, not of religion, a worshiper of Jesus, and now she's got a professional job, everything changes. Her whole world changes. Her whole family, everyone beside her. 
That is pretty. I I get jacked. I you, yeah. you read that. I really get jacked. It gets my go juices going. That's so. Hey, we're gonna come back in a few short seconds. We're gonna hear a brief word from the sponsor of the Man Card Podcast. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Unforgot app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. All right, Kenny, we're back. Yeah, I mean, and that's my thing. I mean, you know, obviously we support what you're doing, but for me, when a man gets it, everyone wins for me. When I see a man get it, I had a guy, uh, I had a guy say, hey, man, I'm finally leading my family. I'm 55 years old. And I'm finally leading my family spiritually. And I've and a Catholic guy. He's like, I've never, I'm, I don't know what's going on in my life. God's doing stuff. You know, this is a guy who's transcended religion and he's changing his family. And just, it's really been, it's really, uh, I get charged when I see that happen. We had a young lady share. We didn't know she was going to share this. Uh, her husband's, I'm sure, listening to this podcast, but God's getting ready to call him into full-time ministry. God's doing some cool stuff. But she said, my husband finally got sold out and Oh my gosh, I'm so in love with him. I just want to jump him all the time. You know, she's like, because he's like so loving her now. It's just completely changed their sex life, their family's life, their children's life because this guy got it. So I get charged for that. I get charged uh, uh, with these things, just like you get charged. But I, I want to focus. We, I want to focus on what you're doing to rescue these young ladies because you're on this show. Because I really want to promote uh, wipe every tear. And so I, I, I would be doing you an injustice, my friend, if I. Uh, just strictly spoke about what we're doing, even though I'm having a great time. I want to focus on what you're doing here. So in 2008, you were on a volleyball trip in the jungle of the Philippines, and that really was what launched you into this movement. Can you walk us through? Can you tell the story for our listeners? Yeah. So we had done a basketball trip in 2007 as a boys basketball coach, which we had won two state championships, by the way, with our boys. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was fun. And next year I brought a girls team cause I have all these daughters and, uh, one of the girls on my team, uh, you know, you have teams and, you know, and it's just like an American type thing. We're just, we're just going, we're going for it. They're getting tired. They're getting hot and sweaty and we're working them hard and, and we're playing a tournament, you know, and we're, and, and I'm just, a, I'm just a go getter. I just boom, boom. This gal says my, my, during the week, she said, my, my teeth are really sore. They, they hurt. And, and then one time she says, I'm really hungry. And I thought, what? I, you know, so I sat, we were sitting down, I was sitting down with her one, one night and, uh, 
in the jungle, you know, all the sounds of a jungle, you know, you know, it was just like, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. It's hot and the crickets, these big crickets and beetles are going in the jungles, right? In the South Pacific. And I said, can I ask you some questions? Yes, coach. I said, how hungry is hungry? You know, because you and I were going, we're starving. And we're, you know, could be 50 pounds overweight and we're starving. And we ate six hours ago, right? Yeah. And then she held out her hand, Jim, and she said, a little Filipina hand. And she says, I get this much rice once, sometimes twice a day. Mm. And let me tell you, the way I describe it, an arrow from heaven, not an not a, not a evil arrow, a very good arrow, was shot out, just how, it felt right into my chest. And it hurt terribly so. And I began to get tears in my eyes. And I said, tell me about your teeth. And I'm just doing the qu quick story here. Tell me about your teeth. I have this, what is it, Coach? Uh, and I said, cavities? And she goes, yes, cavities. And I go, you know, I'm a Westerner. Well, have you been to a dentist? <laughs> no, I could never go to a dentist, Coach. And I went, oh, my. And another arrow from heaven just pierced me. Wow. And then there's another situation, which I won't say right now, but just for just for quickness here. I walked away. Actually, right then and there, God spoke to me and he said, Revelation 21, 4. I opened up my Bible and I read ah. Revelation 24 and it says, he will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more pain, crying, sorrow, etc. And then he, and he spoke to me and said, he spoke to me as such a friend. He goes, Kenny, you, you, you know... You know what I'm going to do on my side of heaven. I'm going to wipe every tear. He goes, now I want you to begin wiping tears on your side mm. and begin with her. I didn't, tell, I, didn't, I didn't say much to her. I said, listen, I'm going to do all I can to help you. I didn't promise anything. I walked away. The ensuing weeks, I got a hold of a guy who was a pastor who was overseeing her. And uh, he got back to me and said... Uh, we sent her to the dentist, checkup. There's 27 cavities. She needs a couple extractions. 27? Yeah. It cost me like four, five, six dollars a cavity. And my wife and That's I, it. we went, let's do that. <clears throat> yes. And then um, I'll tell you, Jim, that, that was such a fulfillment. We talk about those things that last forever. Like you know, that, That's powerful. That's being a man. And then, uh, I didn't tell you the story, but she, she was not married. She couldn't be married because they could not afford a $1.5 marriage certificate. Oh and they could gosh. not afford bringing their parents to the wedding. I thought the parents were like, you know, like, like hours away you know, by, by a, a boat or something. Come to find out, I did everything. I, I, my wife and I put on a wedding for them, uh, the meal, the celebration, a wedding dress, Everything, inviting all the people there, bringing her parents there, everything for $175. She could not be married to her lover because there was no way possible. Well, that was so easy for me or probably anybody listening could come up with $175. They could raise $175 to help this, these yeah. two lovers be married. That's how it all started. And I, we just started helping her and, and we started feeding her and her husband. And, and uh, helping them with the future, you know, not just giving them to give, you know, it's like, you know, giving people to fish, giving people a fish is good, but then teach them how to fish. Mm -hmm. 
So now she's employed, et cetera, et cetera. That's how it all began. God, God just said, just, just, just begin helping people, wiping tears. By the way, she was crying. She was just bawling. And I reached over and I started wiping her tears. I said, I'm going to do everything I can to take your pain away. So I knew exactly where that verse, where you got the name of the organization. <clears throat> I just love the acrostic, wet. Yeah. <laughs> tears wet. I just thought that was so clever. Yeah. I'm not yeah. giving you credit now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but something changed in 2012. Yeah. The organization shifted in 2012. And uh, I could not find that on the website, exactly what happened there, just that there was a change. So walk me through the change in 2012. Uh, it happened to be, we, we'd go basketball, volleyball, basketball, volleyball. It happened to be a volleyball year. And uh, we took a trip and we were going to, I remember I'm teaching high school, right? I'm teaching high yeah. school history and the basketball coach still. And we took a trip. So we took the volleyball team and then, uh, Normally a two week trip, and so we're normally we work, we do a, a camp for a week, and then and then the rest of the week we go back into the in the slums, and we you know have relationship with them and their parents, and we do you know stuff like that. And this year we're going to do the camp, and then the next week we were going to go find the sex trade, and so we go, fi go find it. <laughs> yeah, with high school kids. Not hard to find it, huh? Yeah, go with ahead. High school kids and a couple college uh, kids, former, for, some of my former students. Is this a Christian high school? It is. A, yeah. Okay, I'm like, no, that's why you're not fired. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Col yeah, Coal Valley Christian. Yeah, take your public so, school kids to go look for the sex trade. Let's see how long yeah, that works. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> so we found it. My oh. wife was on that trip. I had three of my kids, my own kids on there. And there were 23 of us. There were a couple other parents. And let me tell you, I was broken. I was broken. Remember I told you, I asked God to break my heart with the things that broke his. I saw these girls in extreme poverty and I began to cry. I'd walk away from there and I would cry and I would ache and I would cry some more. And when you find out, Jim, that some in their desire for to fill their stomach they would, they would give themselves over to a man for sex. We've heard it for as little as a cup of coffee oh, to man. help the hunger pangs. For as little as a little tiny bowl of rice. I'm so hungry. I'll do anything to eat. And they give themselves. I heard that, Jim. I saw it. I saw these women and my heart just broke. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm getting, I feel the emotions now. Well, and by I, women, I'm, by women, you're talking 12 to 15. I mean, what, women, no, you're talking these, were, these were, these were mostly adult women, 18 okay, and above. Okay. That's kind of our niche, by the way, which were very rare. Most Interesting. Folks, really? Yeah, okay, we, good, good. There's hardly anybody in the world that does adults. And yet that's, that's my passion. Now we also have minors, but, uh, but our, our, our niche is adults. Well, an 18 year old adult woman is a young kid. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, in my world, that's a child, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so we continue. do adults. And, and they range from all, I mean, they, we actually have, we've got a new woman, a woman, uh, and she brought her two children with her, two of her children. She's 53 years old. Whoa. Most of our girls, though, are in their 20s. Anyway, that, so, so going back to that, 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 I saw that, Jim, and I go, I, I have to do something. I have to. That yes, remember that yes I yep, talked about? Yes. I talked to the director there. Her name was Becky. And I said, Becky, what, what do you need? And she goes, 
and she was working in this center and she goes, they need to go to college. So I, uh, I, during the next three days, I found four sponsors for these four girls and Becky started crying and couldn't believe it. Long story short, those girls went to college. Uh, those school, those, those girls are now successful and everything's changed. Everything's different. And then we started wipe every tear and I had no idea how to do it. But my wife just said, you need to get back over there. You need to go to get a house. How do we get a house? By the way, I don't, I don't How do we do that? I don't know. My, my wife said, I said, how are we going to afford that? And she, my wife, my lovely wife, DA says, we'll eat beans and rice. And then she says, and God. That's how we started. Had a little jar on my on my desk. My kids at school would give. That's how we started taking care of these girls. Just just one girl at a time. And now today we have 70 girls in our care. Wow. We've had a number of college graduates, professional women now, working in the professional world. Now are they graduating from college in the Philippines or are you bring them yes. stateside? Okay. Question yeah. <clears throat> question here, because this is we might have some guys listening, and this might be on their heart to help you. How yeah. do you fund 70 women going to college, and how much does it cost to fund one of them through college? Uh, I don't know how in the world we do it, Jim. <laughs> we, we do not have any corporate sponsorships. Mm-hmm. We don't have any grants. It's all the people who are listening. It's them. It's, it's you. It's them. It's, uh, every month, every month the money comes in. People just give. They hear this story and they go, really? Is this really happening? Yeah, it is. And it costs me, when you count all the costs in the Philippines, not the American side, all the costs in the Philippines, which, you know, you've you got a social worker, which is, you have to have that over there. And, and you have, we have three houses. We're, we need four. We're, we're, we don't have room for them. They're, they're sleeping on the floor right now. But they're, they're very, they're happy with it. We give them a little bed on the floor. It costs a little over $300 a month to take care of a girl, to totally transform her, educate her, medical, dental, vision, take care of her own children. That's part of the equation and everything. We also, we support all our children. If she's got five kids, we say, we're going to support all your kids too. And we say, if you want your children to come live with us, live with you, you can bring your children. So it's just individuals, individual donors. We have some churches now that are taking this on. Which, by the way, if there's any churches out there, any groups, civic groups, whatever, you know, we're not just we're not just looking for, you know, faith-based people. Everyone, they can come to the Philippines and actually see this. They can actually come and see this. I mean, but, but that's another risky thing. Many other groups say, no, you can't. You can't take people and 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 meet these girls. And God spoke to me very clearly. He said, I want you to take great risk. Mm. And I want you to bring people to visit these these women. So that, in short, that's that's what it costs, and that's how we do it. Just people listening. That's that's insane. That's impressive. So your mission for our listeners is: wipe every tear exists to bring freedom, hope, and a future to precious girls trafficked in the sex trade. Wipe every tear is committed to bringing hope and healing in the lives of women trafficked in the sex trade. From safe places to call home, to education and discipleship, we exist to give women the opportunity to have their lives fully restored. Now, when I was researching your organization, and I may be wrong here, it appears that you have a three-pronged approach, and that approach is um, finding a way out, putting them in a safe house, and then educating slash discipling them. Is that 
accurate? Yes. Okay, yes. so let's let's break this down, man. I'm I'm really really curious. It sounds like because these are older or these are adult women, do they come to you or do you have a way, you know, we had a <laughs> Scott Stoutenberg on with Destiny Rescue. They go in and they actually rescue them like these sting operations. Do you go and rescue them or are these women coming to you saying, "Hey man, I I need help." How yeah. how does how do you how do you uh, get them out? How do you help them yep. find the way out? Yeah. We're very different than almost everybody. Now there are, there are, there are, and, and destiny and different groups, they do, that's minor. It's minor children. So ours are adults. So we, there's, all, there's one or two in the world that do what we do. But, uh, and again, I don't, I don't say that boastfully. I say that boastfully in, in Jesus, man. Yeah, totally. It's, it's what God's doing. We, we actually go into the bars and actually, now, check this out. Our girls who used to be in those bars, they lead teams of foreigners. See, we can't, we, these, these, it's a sex tourist destination area. These bars do not allow locals to go into the bars. They only, they only cater to foreigners. So we need foreigners to come to take our girls into the bars because they can't go into the bars. So it takes a foreigner. We have to have, to have people get on an airplane, get there. We do these teams, they get there, and we go into the bars, led by one of our girls. And we just start talking about the hope, freedom, and future that awaits them. We, it's, what we tell them is impossible. It's like it, they think it's too good to be true. Because who's going to come in and offer college education, all these it's, it's food, food, meals, food, my clothing? You know, they come with nothing. They come my with kids. nothing. Yeah. And so we offer them this. We got a little card that we show. It says what we provide. And we're in the bar talking to them. And, our, you know, our foreigners or Americans or Australians or whoever's with us, they're, they're talking to these girls and they get to be part of it. Like those who are listening right now, they can actually come and be a part of this. It's amazing. It's incredible. And then the girl we offer, it's very low. It's very low key, soft sell. And then we offer them to come and visit our homes, which is about two hours away. They have to take great risks, too. Yeah, because, because you could be a sex trafficker. All, Jim, you're exactly right. All, all. You're a white, yeah. 99% of the bars and the managers tell them, don't trust wipe every tear. One, they're going to they're gonna, uh, they're gonna put you in a brothel. Number two, they're going to use you, rape you. Number three, they're going to put you in a container and ship you to another country. They're going to traffic you. Now four, number four, this is the most prominent right now. This has just come up. It's been said a little bit, but now most of the girls tell us, they said you were going to harvest our organs kill us yes wow and and take our hearts and our kidneys and our livers and our eyeballs and everything else so we go in and they have they have to have great trust in us and they take great risks they come we we transfer them an hour and a half two hours away to our homes they get to visit we feed them a meal we sit around it's very low cell we tell them what we do often they're they're crying there's tears and then we and then we take them back so they can get back to work it's very soft, still. and then we get text messages, or sometimes they just stay. Sometimes they say, "I'm, I, I'm not going back. I believe you. I fully trust you." And then we get met. Then we get, then we get text messages, phone calls saying, "I'm ready." We've had 14 girls in the last five weeks that have said yes. Now I'm stating the. I'm probably asking the obvious question here: Are these women that you are approaching in bars? Are they prostitutes? Are they prostituting themselves out for food and to take care of the kids, or? 
Is that is it, that the per- all, major p- percentage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't use the P word uh, oh, because okay. no, 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 no. But that's okay. I mean, it's written in the Bible too, right? Prostitute. I'm. We call them. There's a big difference between a prostitute and a girl who is prostituted. Mm-hmm. So what are these gals? Are they? Do they we, have somebody well, we, we controlling pro- them? Yeah, they do. They're bar girls. So. A prostitute is like if, if, for example, if my daughter was working as as uh, in the, in the sex trade or you know here in Boise or whatever, I would not say hi. Meet my my prostitute daughter, right? So we just don't use that term. We call we call we only call them what God calls them. We call them lovely, beautiful, worth everything, and that's what we do. So we refer to them though as dancers. Da- that's the technical term, dancers. They're hired as dancers. Prostitution's illegal in the Philippines, but there's oh, 15, oh. 15,000 girls. In 240 bars on one street. What? I yes. And so and so these girls are quote employed. Employed by, by the bar as okay. dancers. Gotcha. A man comes in, he negotiates a deal. It's usually about three thousand pesos or sixty dollars, and he gets her for uh, for the night. Okay, night I'm just folks. trying to understand. Uh, yep. And no, so no. so these That's gals, they have freedom to leave if they wanted to yes but the money yeah. they have no other option except to uh yeah. sell their bo- okay i'm understanding this. and so, you got to put quote around freedom like you did in yeah, our video chat yeah here. yeah it's their chains are just as real as steel chains they have they have the chains of poverty their family cannot eat without her being there yes and she was tricked into going there and by the way her in the philippines there's such dignity with Roman Catholic culture there. Yes. There's such dignity. They do. Their parents do not know what their daughters are doing. So we never Whoa. divulge it ever. We never divulge their faces, and we ha- we protect all their dignity because they are daughters and worthy of everything. So they they are they are in chains, but wanting somebody to come in and break the chains. Yes. And so yes, when you exactly. come in, it's almost unbelievable, impossible. Can't be true. You're going to shut me off in a cart. You're going to harvest my organs. You're going to lock yep. me in a prison and, and have people. Wow. So there's the way out. So now talk me talk to me. You've mentioned this briefly, but so now uh, you find a young woman. Uh, she takes a huge risk. She follows you. She decides this, this I'm going to trust these people, these white people who I don't know, and I am going to leave and go to the safe house. So talk to me about the safe house. When you move from when you give them away out and move them to the safe house, what happens next? Well, number one, it's not. It, it, there are a bunch of uh, Americans, right? You know, black and white Americans uh, that are there, and they have to trust us a little bit. But mind you, we have I have a staff of eight in the Philippines, and then we have all of our volunteer girls that that are, used to be in those bars. So there, there's a Filipino culture there so that they understand you know they're, they're speaking tagalog or the dialect that they're speaking and whatnot our safe houses are nice houses not faint not fancy not we don't do that but they're not cruddy little things we we, we put them in a place where that they can see what their future is going to be like they're not going to be living in the slums anymore so we and we want to ha- we want to be a safe place so it's in a subdivision and uh we keep them unknown to others, you know, for obvious reasons. And, uh, it's just a home. It's just, it's just a normal home. Imagine a girl. We have one house that has 30 plus girls in it and it's like a big sorority and they're all going to college all times. And it's just life. It's just life. 
and it's full of Jesus. It's just full of kingdom and girls being restored. Brand new girls with us and girls in their, right now in their fourth year of college. They're just starting this week, Jim. So when you say 30 women, okay, I, I'm, I, in my mind, I'm imagining a sorority, but I'm going, there's no way that they've got this 5,000-square-foot home for 30 women. I'm imagining no. a much smaller home. Oh, it's very small. Four bedrooms. Yeah, so and, that's and what I'm trying to get our in, listeners to understand that. Yeah, yes, and little little tiny bunk beds. You know, they're little people, right? Yeah, uh, they call them double beds. They're bunk beds, and they're stacked. They they are very used to tight quarters. So many of our rooms, the the bunk beds are literally right next to one another, and they crawl through this bunk bed. It's totally fine. It's yeah, totally it's fine. It's their culture. It's I, their, I would it's, kill it's, somebody yeah. doing that. I would crush some yeah, little it's, Filipino it's, and person. And so they, in fact, we. <laughs> We thought that a house of 10 to 12, maybe 15, was going to be good, and we started houses that way. And then we ended up getting this big house. It just like, came. Well, it, th- it thrived. So now we're going to the big houses. And do you uh, own these homes, or are you no, leased? Okay. No, we rent them. Yeah, you, renting is the way to go uh, for homes. But we're going to have a campus someday. God is showing me we're going to have a campus. I mean, it's going to be a campus. And it's going to, it's, it, oh boy, it's a big dream, man. Uh, and it's going to be good. Wow, that's Someday amazing. we're going we're gonna to own a campus and there's going to be great healing and restoration on that campus. So now when these gals, when these gals are in the house, do you have a program established for them or do they just come and go as they please? Like when you say Jesus is everywhere, is it because you guys do Bible studies and worship times? Is there any structure there? Talk to me. There's structure, but it's not like, you know, for, for the, the pastoral staff that's listening it could be a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> we, have, we, and I say that with all respect. I was a pastor. No, I'm a seminary, I'm, I'm, I'm a seminary I'm, graduate, right? I'm the same way. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah, I mean, I'm a seminary grad. I pastored. I did. I love the church, but we found that that doing a little study with a book and reading the questions and answering the questions didn't do doesn't do what we're looking for so we have a culture of kingdom every night we have devotions led by our girls mind you also led by some of our staff sometimes but it's 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 we disciple them in in and about everything about kingdom and so we just have and we're involved you know there some are involved in church some are not that's okay we we don't we don't make it a requirement they they got to go to a building and that would be a whole nother state of bondage right yeah, well, yeah, it is. But there's context there, right? I yeah, mean, totally, just because you totally. know it doesn't make you a slave, but you can, yes, it can make if you a you slave. If you force them. Yeah. Yeah, so so do all your staff, do they raise their own support to be a part of your organization? Is that how all that works? Our, all of our staff on the United States side and our missionaries raise all their own support. If, if you were to give to Wipe Every Tear, it goes to our Filipina staff, which... Many of them come from great poverty as well, but they've been they've been equipped and to do this. And we have a great staff, yeah. And that's part of that three hundred dollars a month that covers all of our staff people, our three houses, and everything for our girl. It's quite a bargain. That is you, unreal. So the third step, we're and I, I'm kind of sad we're running out of time. I'm really having a good. We're gonna have to get you on again. Uh, I would love because we'll man. keep we'll keep talking here, but. Uh, your third prong approach is to educate, disciple, uh, you know, you know this type of thing. And so the discipleship happens semi-organically within the safe house context. 
But these w- young women are going and they are going and finishing it. And, and what's the secondary education at like high school? Do they have something like that or are they moving beyond yeah, they that? Have, and they've, how- got, they've, got, they've got elementary, they got high school. And then after high school is college. And then how and, hard is it for these young ladies to get into college? Is it like a mirror you apply or is it yeah, pretty much? Yeah, you have, you, have to have a, you have to have a high school diploma, which a lot of our girls do not. Then we have to either get them back into school. But if you're 27 years old, by the way, they look 16. Yeah. I say 27. They're little, little tiny. Five, five feet tall. And they, they look like a junior in high school. I mean, yeah. that's what they look like. So – and we work them through a GED program or, or the young ones. We have some, they're in high school. We've had some in elementary school actually. And they could potentially be with us for years and years and years. Uh, you know, our, our prime candidate is a girl who is, uh, has a high school diploma and she can come in, take the entrance exam. There's a couple entrance exams and whatnot. And then we enroll her in school to begin a four year journey that will change everything. That that is, I, I just love what you're doing, man. This is super. <laughs> Thank you, man. And you are really, I mean, honestly, I thought, oh, we got another Destiny Rescue guy coming on. You, your ministry is completely different. Uh, I mean, I love totally. Destiny Rescue. I yeah, love those totally. guys. But man, what you're doing is completely different. It's almost like the next. It's almost like you're doing the. You're like you get on their shoulders and go to that next. You know, because yeah, the yeah, gals totally. are older. So, so we call our listeners, uh, Kenny. We call them the men in the arena cut from a Teddy Roosevelt speech. And and how how in your opinion, as you look over the the sea of men and you witness this sea of males that are abusing abusers and and involved in funding the sex trade through their own uh, lascivious lifestyle, how how does being a man and having a purpose or a cause, how how do those relate in your opinion? Should men beyond the context of raising their family? Should a man, beyond that context, have something else that he's fighting for? How, how, how does a guy find the balance between fighting for his family but then having something he's deeply passionate about? I surely think so. I'm going to carry my big stick, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to conquer some things in life. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make, when I leave, I'm going to make a statement, number one, with my family that, uh, that dad was always there. And and if if and if dads are listening who who weren't there or whatever, it's totally okay. God, there's such forgiveness. You can start all over, man. There's yes. such hope. You know, I know there's guys listening right now. They go, I failed. I'm it's a failure. Too late. I'm a failure. Yeah. It's not too. It's and I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. And I'm never, never, never going to give up on saying that to people and encouraging them to never, never give up. So yes, get a cause, man. Get a cause and become a man and make a difference. I mean, I'm a little hesitant to say this, but God's been putting on our heart about involving men at a very high level. I know we talked earlier before this, Jim, but I, the, the way that it, it would be, I, I can imagine that God's already touching some guys' hearts that are listening right now. And we don't know exactly what we're doing, but we know that men are going to be very much involved on the front lines and we actually have something in place in January. We're taking our first, our first all-man team in January. And my, my staff in the Philippines, all made up of women, they are at... This is, by the way, this is so risky. This is so radical. These men are going to be with our girls, meeting our girls, spending time with them, eating with them, enjoying, laughing. And then we're going to be... 
oh gosh, there's so much a vision. I believe that God is going to use men in America and around the world to bring the true sense of the word revival to men's hearts and our presence there on in that district, in that street, and being there is actually going to begin to begin to make history. It's going to be a, a historical move of God, much like we read about in true and real revival. So this is interesting. Uh, next week, or in two weeks, we're having Kenny Luck on our show. He has a ministry called Everyday Man. I'm reading a book of his right now called Dangerous Good. Kenny's out of uh, Southern California. And in his book, his whole book is about revival is coming. Yes. So then it's I hear here. I hear well it's I hear I hear you say that and the whole reason that the Man Card podcast The Great Hunt for God is existing is to see men from all over the country. People say to me all the time, "Why don't you just focus on Oregon?" Because it's not the problem, it's the country, it's the world. The world yeah. is the problem. And I believe that God is raising up hundreds and thousands of men like you and me who are going to battle to see revival happen among the men. Because yes. when the men get it, everyone wins. So we can we can rescue the women, but we need to fix the men. If the men get it, it's going to change the game, right? We need revival among the men, right? Yes, and let me tell you what. It's happening, Jim. I'm I agree. You, it's, I'm seeing it. There are men. We've had men in this. I shared this a few months ago with my staff in a simple message to our group. They wrote back and a, a, a few days later, and they said, oh, coach, they all call me coach. They were talking to a man. By the way, we're not pushy. We're not, a man's just talking, what do you guys do? We do this here. He started crying in the streets after God gave me this vision. He was crying in the streets and saying, oh, gosh. I'm, and he started talking about his children, just like the vision that I had received wow. about how God was going to do this. Wow. And I'm telling you, I've had men come to me. I've had men now who were who have emailed me said I was part of it. I know this woman. I am so sorry. Could I send her to you? I will fund. I will fund her. They're calling us from all over the world, from the Middle East, from uh, 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 Scotland, England, and in America. We're starting to see it, and we we have not written anything about this. It's all being born of the Spirit of God. That is awesome. I, I love what you're doing, man. Hey, one last question, and I asked this. Uh, we just started doing this recently, but here at the Man Card Podcast, I actually literally wrote the book on the Man Card called The Man Card. We believe that there are five things that separate men from boys, five things that define manhood. And those five things are protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. Of those five which resonates with you the most right now and why? Integrity. Uh, I mean, they all do, right? Apathy, passion. I'm, I'm, I'm like leading courageously. We talked about the yes and doing something, being strong, carrying a big stick, crying. Right now, though, I'm really protecting my integrity, and I want to be a man of integrity. You know, Billy Graham said he never got an elevator with a, when there's a woman in there, or if a woman walked in, Guess what? I started doing that actually because of what I do. I know the enemy is very aware of what I'm doing, yes. and I have a whole other stories of supernatural things that have happened where we've been. I mean, there's a lot of uh, like type stories, and I'm and I'm protecting my integrity. I, I won't ride in an elevator with a woman anymore. 
yeah. because of the, the, the attacks that could come on me to try to tear this thing down because it's, and I'm not being boastful, but what we're doing is very, very important. What we're doing is the, the, the enemy and the, 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 the host of hell hate what we're doing. In fact, I'm going to tell you this here, Jim, and people maybe will check out here and say, that guy's a, a weirdo. I had a demon appear to me one time in my life, one time and one time only, and it was before our first Wipe Every Tear trip. He appeared to me here in Boise, Idaho, twice in a matter of two minutes. Wow. And I can tell you that story sometime. That was right before we began. Well, you know our, what you, oh, sorry. Well, you know what you said earlier, you're protecting your integrity. I, I have not met with women. I don't meet with women alone. I just I used to do open door thing. Now I just like it doesn't it doesn't work. But Nehemiah, when approached in the book of Nehemiah uh, by uh, Sanballat and the Tobiah, I think was it Tobiah the Hittite. Anyway, he said, "I'm doing a great thing, and I cannot come down." And as men, we've got to say this: I'm involved in a great cause, and I cannot let my integrity come down yes. at all. I've got to guard yes. that and protect it. So I really, Kenny, I, yes. man, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your vision and your passion. I would encourage uh, our guys, if you're inspired by this or any women listening, go to wipeeverytear.org and there you'll find all the information you need to be a world changer and to rescue women and to partner with this great ministry. So thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us today, Kenny. So, men, you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Changing your world is the toughest thing you're ever going to do, and we want to help you in your battle. Here are three simple steps to encourage your world-changing journey. One, enlist. We've got some phenomenal stuff for you that is no charge at all. Download our free app and it unlocks the world of the great hunt for God. Subscribe to the Man Card Podcast if you haven't already done so, and join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men. Guys, you're going to be blown away if you engage in that. Number two, invest in yourself. Go to our gear page, pick up our study materials. Uh, go to wherever and pick up their study materials. Find something that resonates with you and invest in your journey. And number three, change your world. Get involved in championing the causes you care about, the great hunt for God. Wipe every tear. Destiny rescue. We don't care what they are, but champion the causes you care about. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. Join us in building an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called The Man Card Weekend with The Men in the Arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style distinguishing between men and boys. 
you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, The Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.